All right. Well, welcome. Here we go with episode three of the newly named The Paper Jam, formerly legendary. Uh, that name has now been retired, uh, named after Mr. Pemberton, who is not retiring still. He's going strong. <laughs> uh, and we have our wonderful guest, our superintendent, our boss, Mr. Joe Howard, the godfather, if you will. Mr. Howard, Joe, thank you for joining us. Love that intro. Glad to be here, Ryan and Terry. Fun to fun to hang out with you guys anytime I get a chance, you know, I pop in your room or come see you. Uh, but this is next best right here. It is. Absolutely. And, you know, I was telling Terry earlier that uh, how full circle this has become, because I remember a few years ago, Terry and I were your guest for the Soup Scoops uh, radio little tidbit. And now here you are as our guest for our podcast. So <laughs> yeah. quite the full circle. We'll have to do it again, too, because we're still doing the Soup Scoop every every uh, first Wednesday of the month. Absolutely. Great. Yeah. And we're, now you'll have to come down, be our guest at school again in the future. Yes. In our, yes. in our new podcasting studio. Yeah. It's even more fun when the kids are with us, right? Absolutely. We'll let them do the interviews. Yeah, yeah. there you go. That's when the real questions start coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So let's go ahead and start. So, uh, Joe, tell us about like what is your journey from superintendent? So how did you get into the education system? How did it go? And all the stories that came up to where you are today as uh, the basically the superintendent of Prescott Unified. Yeah. We have, what do we have? Four hours on this show, right? <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I, could, I could spin a story. Well, you know, maybe the best place to start is that my family moved to Prescott in 1985. And this is the interesting part because my dad got the job to be the superintendent here in Prescott. So that has probably some bearing. Uh, my dad's definitely a, a role model to me and, and a hero in my life. And, and uh, uh, we joke about it, but I ended up following in his footsteps in a lot of things, including, you know, uh, being an athlete and a wrestler. So that sort of um, lends itself to I was a Prescott High School student, um, graduated in 89 with uh, Mark Goligoski and some of those other famous folks, um, had a great time at Prescott High School. I was really focused on wrestling and I went to college to wrestle, so you could say that I somewhat majored in wrestling for a little while. I went to junior college, went to Phoenix College and wrestled. And yeah, I remember, um, I should mention, you know, I said my dad was a superintendent, my mom was a teacher and, and has always been a teacher. and so. I remember standing in third third floor at Phoenix College during a night class. I think it was a creative writing class, and there was a break, and I'm looking out over Estrella Park and those lights that some of you are familiar with downtown Phoenix. You know, at that age where I'm got to be thinking about where I'm headed with things, and and uh, it was just a, a no brainer for me. I was like, of course I'm going to be a teacher, of course. And I was taking a writing class. I'm a I'm a passionate writer too, so I was like, well, and I can do some writing along with it. But um, so kind of put all my passions in together and. And I uh, was also very inspired by a, a coach named Greg Kirkham at Prescott High School. Terry, I know you know Greg probably pretty well. I do. Um, yeah, he was definitely a, a, an inspiration in my life. And so I wanted to be a teacher and a coach because uh, those were the people who inspired me in my life and made quite a difference. And so ended up transferring up to NAU where um, we know um, they produce some of the, 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 the greater teachers and they have a great reputation for, uh, for their program there. And uh, Got real serious about wanting to be a teacher, and, and that that was um, that was pretty fun. Came home, uh, came home to Taylor Hicks to be uh, a student teacher in fifth grade. Believe it or not, with Diane Aker. Some of you know Diane. Oh, she was um, my teacher, actually. <laughs> 
She was your teacher. Right? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. She was awesome. She she taught me so much, but she one of the main things she told me, she said, Joe Howard, you will not take work home. You'll figure out how to get it done, you know, an hour or so during work, but you leave it here because you take care of kids. Now I didn't always follow that. I didn't always follow that. Her point was to take care of yourself and not work 24 hours a day. And that's, I think, one of the hardest pieces of teaching. So anyway, flash forward, student, I, I student taught at uh, Taylor Hicks, same time I was coaching, I was assistant's wrestling coach at uh, Embry-Riddle. And so that was a bunch of fun. But um, right when I graduated, I had an opportunity to go work on a, a boat in Alaska as a commercial crab fisherman. And so, um, and this is before the deadliest catch, of course. So this is, you yes. know, you weren't inspired by the TV show. This was just you doing it, huh? This was before the TV show. They made the TV show yeah. about the guys I worked with. <laughs> right. And and it was wild. It was um, it was a great experience and really, really um, tested who I am and and um, and, and challenged me. Um, the best thing that came out of that is a couple of years in, I was in shipyard in Seattle and. Um, I was out and about on the town and I met this girl named Jenna uh, who you all know now as Mrs. Howard. So, so that happened um, on my pathway to superintendency. And, you know, I did some teaching up there in Seattle and some coaching wrestling and, um, ha you know, ha had put my name in at home because Jenna and I were thinking that the best place in the world to raise children is Prescott, Arizona. And it's true. And so we came back here. Um, you couldn't, my dad was still superintendent and you couldn't get a job in Prescott. There was zero turnover. And, uh, so, so I got a job in Chino, which was awesome. Harold Tenney hired me, uh, to teach at Heritage Middle School. And I was a teacher and a coach and an athletic director. And, uh, one day, uh, you know, a couple of years into that, having just a great time, Harold brought me into his office, uh, and said, so you're getting your master's degree, right? And I said, yes, sir. And he said, in what? And I said, well, English, I'm going to be a writer. And he goes, no, you're not. You're going to be administrator. And I go, what? What? Now you're telling me what I'm going to do with my job. And so uh, he joked around, but he said, you know, he, he strongly encouraged me to go after that administration degree. Now jump back to my Alaska roots. That summer, one of those summers, Jenna and I went on a vacation. She was actually pregnant with our twin boys, Jason and Jonah. Uh, to catch a can. And I saw a job in, in the newspaper in the um, airport that there was a, I think I was making 21 grand back then as a teacher. And there was a job for halftime administrator, halftime teacher on some island for $90,000. Back then I was like, holy cow, too bad I don't have my admin degree. So I came home and I started taking those classes and, and got my admin degree. And I was only halfway through it before Harold Tenney pulled me back into his office and said, Hey, time for you to be an assistant principal. We got an opening. We want you to put your name in. I did. The story's longer than that. He asked me once earlier, and I'm like, there's no way I'm ready for that. And then he asked me about two years later, and I said, sure. And uh, so I became his assistant uh, principal at Heritage Middle School and um, had a great time doing that for about three years. Really, really loved that school out there and was and was immersed in that community. And and then um, somebody that who I love called me one day. Uh, and you guys know him, Larry Legler, was a famous math teacher and wrestling coach at Mile High Middle School. He's, I was his rival coach out in Chino. He says, Howard, you putting your name in? And I said, for what? And he said, Mile High Principal's open, Jay Collier's retiring. And I said, um, 
no, I hadn't planned on that. And he said, well, I think you should. And uh, I came home. We lived here in Prescott in the same house we still live in 20 years later. And uh, the boys were two years old. And Jenna and the boys and I walked down to Mile High Middle School where I was a student. Stood there in the quad for about 30 seconds and said, why would we not, why would we not try to do this? And so um, I put my name in for Mile High Middle School. There were 20 people on the committee. I was scared to death. We had a serious interview process. Um, I worked really hard for that, um, just preparing for that and, and really putting my heart and soul into it. And the stars lined up and I got hired to be the principal at Mile High Middle School. Um, I had a seven year run there. It was um, career wise, the most fun I've ever had doing anything as a job. And that was about the team we put together and the vision that we built together. And it was a blast. And I was teary eyed when um, the district office called me seven years later and we went through an interview process and uh, super, new superintendent from Colorado, Dave Smucker hired me to be his assistant superintendent. Um, those were tough times. That was right after the Great Recession. We were cut, cut, cutting money. North Point left and left us with a million dollar hole. And um, so Dave Smucker and I did some hard work over five years and closed two schools. And um, But what I am so grateful for is that he pulled me right into everything that he did and allowed me to feel what it was like to be a superintendent. We were, we were partners in that and I'm super grateful for that. I learned about everything from budget to how to how to put teams together and most importantly how to put teams together and when you talk about like lessons learned Ryan and things like that what I learned from Dave Smucker a lot of us I think he left as a legacy to the school district was to leaders was that you know we were kind of in this curse where we always had to be right and he left us with this understanding that it's that's not what leadership's about it's not about always being right it's about pulling people together, the people that you work with and the people that you're working for and and asking them the questions about how we move forward. And so, um, so I learned a lot in those years as assistant superintendent, even though they were some of the hardest, darkest monetary years in Arizona history, um, in, in recent history. And uh, so then uh, Dave announced his retirement one day and um, the school board pulled me in and said, will you do it? And I was like, Darn right, I was, I'm ready, I was ready. And I uh, was very excited about it. And uh, uh, that was six years ago, guys, believe it or not. So I'm on my 18th year in the Prescott Unified School District, um, my 26th year of my career. And uh, you know, I, I, I love what I'm doing. I love public education. Uh, I'm passionate about that, but uh, more than anything, I just, I just have loved being a part of the Prescott Unified School District. As I look back, I mean, a couple things that I'll say, um, it, it, you know, with my dad having been the superintendent, me having been a student, it feels to me like a family business, which is sort of, there's, it's not really like work. It's just what you do. It's it, not that it's not hard work, but it's part of who I am. And it, it, I can explain this to both of you because your dads and our listeners to a parent, uh, in, in a way, it's a lot like being um, a mom and a dad who's taking care of a home um, and, and making sure everything's okay for the children who live in that home. Time's fourth out. So that's kind of that's kind of how I see this work that we do is, is that we're, we're here for our kids and our community 
And this organization, PUSD, to me is like um, the is like raising kids. And uh, so it's it's been a great run. So um, thanks for asking. That was my journey to the superintendency, and and here we are. Uh, it's quite the run, yeah. Well, good stories. And now I have to ask. I mean. You had your dad, you have you. Are you gonna strong arm one of your boys to be uh, the superintendent in the future and just truly turn it into just a lineage thing? <laughs> well, for me and my dad, it, it just happened. It wasn't a strong arming. And the, the, the joke is my dad says things like, I thought you were smarter than that, Howard. You know? <laughs> he said the same thing about wrestling too. But um, so my story with the boys is also my public school story, which is, and some of you guys saw this happen, so, uh, you know, 18 years ago, we created, there was no kids wrestling program. So we created Werewolf Wrestling, which is still going on for my kids. And they, they were, those poor guys were on the mat when they were three years old and always around it. And, um, you know, they were pretty good. And uh, my goal was just to get them to sixth grade and hand them off to Andy Binder, who was the coach at the time. But we didn't make it to sixth grade because one day we were going to practice and Jenna's blocking the door and she goes, they're not going. And I go, what do you mean? She goes, they're not going to practice. I go, what do you mean? I'm the coach. They have to go. And she's like, nope, they don't like it. They don't want to wrestle anymore. <laughs> I was like, what? how can they not want to wrestle, right? Well, by now they've discovered music, Mr. Ryan. Oh, Mr. they Ryan. are very talented, by the way. <laughs> I love listening to them. I, of course, their name constantly changes. Is it what, What's their name now? They're the cross-eyed possum. So, so they're still the cross-eyed possum. All right. Love yeah. the name, yeah. by the way. But seriously, this is what happens. You know, parents try to figure out what their kids are going to be always. I mean, that's a mistake we all make. And, you know, I'm exaggerating a little, so I wasn't really pushing them that hard. But they didn't want to do it. And and that's the beauty. That's what we try to do in press schools. And you guys do You two gentlemen do it more than anyone I know. We create niches and projects and clubs and teams where kids can try anything they want they can try it see if they're good at it they can fail they can do well but my kids found music at mile high middle school and they were taking every class they could i think orchestra band jazz band right like so they were starting to major in music at mile high middle school and then they went to Prescott High School and no, literally they took four classes per day for four years, as you guys know, at Prescott High School. So um, so my kids found their niche in public schools. It wasn't what I thought they should do. Thank goodness that we were wise enough to let go and let them find their own path. But yeah, I don't see either of them wanting to be a superintendent. No, no don't see that, huh? Not even close. They just kind of, they hear my stories and just sort of look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> it's amazing. Once they find their niche, education becomes so much easier. Life yeah. becomes so much easier. So good for you boys. Yeah. And Terry, that's kind of what happened to me when I went to NAU. I mean, I, wrestling had been my life and then I wanted to focus on being a teacher. And I, I mean, it, Aids were easy because I wanted to learn everything I could because it was going to be my life, you know, so. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Well, we're glad to have you here. Now, Thank I, you. I have to ask. So, Terry, you were you a teacher for Joe at one point? Because I remember you showed a picture of Joe with no beard. I mean, like, I've only known Joe with a beard. Like, so the fact that I saw him clean shaven was crazy. 
I met Joe when he was a high school senior, and uh, he came down to my studio that I had downtown, and we did his senior portraits, and they came out pretty good. And uh, I, w I was chuckling uh, a few months ago. I found uh, some of the uh, photos that I had from them and gave them to Jenna. And she had, I don't know if she'd seen them before, but she really got a kick out of that. So <laughs> that, that portrait session was my uh, first time meeting you. Yeah, well, you know, uh, Mrs. Howard had only seen me once without a beard. Uh, so, you know, those pictures, of course she's seen pictures of me when I was younger, but she's right. like, who's that? Yeah, I remember I was there when you showed her, Terry, and yeah, she's like, wait, who is it? Oh, wait, this is Joe? <laughs> <laughs> I did have a fun moment. Yeah, I did have a baby face, that's for sure. Well, yeah, apparently I do now, looking at you guys. You guys are like full, you know, lumberjacks going on half Santa, and I'm like a little kid with nothing, no, no facial hair, so... I feel a little uh, like I need to start growing something now. Jeez. Well, you know, I, was a, I was a pretty young middle school teacher. You guys will understand this. I was a pretty young middle school teacher. And so, really, I, I started growing the beard to get rid of the baby face because I wasn't that much older than my students, especially when I was coaching high school wrestling, you know? Yeah. Yes. I do know. <laughs> and, and it makes a difference. It helped yeah. back in the old days. Yeah. <laughs> So, Joe, tell me, so what does it look like on a normal week for you as the superintendent? So I'm sure you may have to gauge your good days and your bad days at this point. Like, does it even get to the point where you're like, hey, I only got like 80, you know, hate mail today. That's a good day. Like 80s under 100 is a good number. Yeah, um, I do get a lot of email emails. Uh, the hate mails are, are, are very far and few between, although COVID's a whole different story for all of us. And so... Yeah, it's brought out it's brought out the worst in a lot of people. So I, I I have gotten some an interesting thing there. But just talking about how a normal week looks for me, um, I try to be in the schools as much as possible, and um, that that's also where I receive um, the the greatest joy in my job is watching you guys do your work and watching the kids do their work and that interface between kids and kids and teachers and kids. Um, so I do spend a lot of time at events and just walking through schools. I did this as a principal too, as you guys might know. Every day I started out at Mile High, I went to every classroom, every day, and just popped in and said, hey. And so now I do, I, most days I start out at the high school in the lobby, because um, they start a little bit earlier. And then I get to kind of see and feel the culture as everybody comes in and just say hi to the kids. A lot of times I'm standing there with Mark Olagoski and Clark Tenney and we're doing business too. We're catching up. I'm hearing about things that are important to them. And then I'll go to you know, one of the elementary schools or a mile high or, or whatever, usually I'll try to hit two in the morning. So, um, you know, always I'm looking at email. My job's not nine to five or eight to five or anything like that. Uh, you know, lots of times we wake up in the middle of the night because there's a fire alarm at a school or, or um, you know, something happening with an employee or a student or that type of thing. So lots of times there's weekend work. Um, there's just things that we need to be at to represent in the community. I spend a lot of time representing in the community also. So I'll go and speak to Rotary groups or Kiwanis groups. Um, I've spent 13 years on the Prescott Downtown Partnership and I was twice the president. Uh, now I've been on the chamber for the last five years and I'm the president elect for the chamber. So I'm out in the community a lot too. So those, those things don't really fall into school hours, but 
Um, you know, I, I'm talking to board members a lot. I have five bosses, five elected officials or the board members. So I'm talking to them, whether email or on the phone or in meetings. Um, but typically Mondays I have, I spend the afternoon in what we call district administration team. And that's myself and assistant superintendents and people that are in the district office talking about where we're at and what we're doing. We bring a lot of that information into the next morning, into Tuesday, spend the whole morning, Tuesday morning with principals. We call that district um, leadership team or DLT. Um, and then lots of times Tuesday afternoons, we have board meetings. Um, you know, Wednesdays on the short days, I try to be in school a lot and catch catching up on emails, that type of thing. And then, you know, as we get towards Thursdays and Fridays, we have lots more events in the schools and athletic events and things like that, that I attend. But it's a, it, it's, it's a constant piece in terms of um, staying up with texts and phone calls and emails like all of us. Um, but uh, just managing all of those things. I've got a lot of people helping me do that. So, uh, but a great week for me is one where I'm in schools more than I'm in my office. And you know, I've, I keep inviting you to come join us and sit down and play music. You always seem to leave right after I invite you to do that. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm not really a musician. I, I'm a I'm a natural musician, but I don't have any training. And so what comes out is not really pretty. Not like my kids. Oh, uh, yeah. I can give you a triangle and I'll point at you every time and you can just hit it. You're in. I might be able to keep tone and things like that just out of natural ability. But there you go. Now, <laughs> I'd love to do a singing piece with the two of you sometime. Oh, singing with me. Oh, man. You don't want to hear that. Yeah. Terry, you can you can take on the singing lead. I'll be the guy that just you know records it. We might be able to do a fundraiser with it though. We might be able to get a crowd. Yeah, to pay us to stop singing is that what would happen? <laughs> yeah. well, I, I would be in there. It would become a comedy show, I believe. There you go. And we're just advertising different aspects of what we can offer. So now it's drama, comedy. It turns it more. That's right. That's right. So I guess so within that normal week, what are like successes and failures that like you would constitute as like, okay, these are things that worked well, what didn't work well, uh, you know, within that week? Because I know it's a lot of meetings that you go through. So like, is there anything that makes you just go, yes? Like, I mean, I'm sure when you hear someone's like, hey, I want to donate $5,000, that's that's a great success. Um, but what, what would be those things that are just like the good parts, the really strong yeses of those days? Um, it's really, Ryan, it's really hearing from uh, my, my, tight, my tight, tight team is the principals and the district leadership team. And so what the decisions that we make in there um, are really based on what those people are hearing from our teachers and our students and our parents. And so, so um, it's there that I hear and see of the decisions that we've made and how they've played out to fruition and how we've had success with that. And so th that's... Those are the wins. It's just hearing back that things are working. You know, I mean, we make a lot of tough decisions, especially in the last year with COVID. And so um, that that's where I really hear about those things, because those those are the folks that are really in touch with you as teachers and uh, and students and parents. And so um, I get both out of there, you know, and, and and they we're very honest in there. And so when things didn't work and we get feedback that we need to do something different, um, that that's really kind of where the rubber hits the road for me in there is where we're making a big difference. And so that's where we get the heartbreaks and that's where we get the victories. Yeah. Yes. Dang. That's a lot of stuff going on. Um, so I guess, so you said you start your day usually at the high school with, uh, Mark Olgoski and Tenny. 
Have you ever just imagined yourself going through the high school and just, you know, the younger Joe and you just wanted to slam him up against the lock and go, listen here, man, this is what you need to know right now for future Joe. Oh, absolutely. I have tons of flashbacks, both at Prescott High School and Mile High Middle School. You know, I'll be walking down the hall and I'll be like, oh, there's my old locker. But yeah, for sure. And, and you know, some of those some of those folks I'm close enough with that verbally I can do that, smack them up against the locker every now and then. They do the same thing to me because we know each other well enough to be able to be comfortable to do that and be real with each other. So, oh, yeah, man. Well, that's got to be quite the sight to see someone just slam the superintendent against the locker. Is that, that'd be interesting to see. <laughs> yeah. I'd have to go to the mat after that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd go as well. See, that's a pep rally event right there. Just have a oh, bunch of kids yeah. going against Mr. Howard in the wrestling center oh, yeah. stage. I've had some, uh, I've had some wrestling pep rally events in front of schools and things like that before. Yes. Oh <laughs> well, maybe we should bring them back. Let's see how good you really are. If, if you're, you guys know this. If you're a middle school teacher or a middle school principal, you got to be able to stand up in front of the whole school and be silly, and you know, and do a skit or take a pie in the face or put a pie in somebody else's face. So, well, taking a pie to someone else's face is way easier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, all right. So as our superintendent, so with all the stuff that's going on leading in the pandemic, how's it going? What's going on? What's going well? What do you wish you could have done differently? Um, I don't wish I could have done anything differently in the pandemic. I don't make the decisions by myself. We make the decisions that, um, you know, lots and lots of feedback from principals and parents. We have a school board help, uh, doing a part of that. And, and, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's anybody's fault that it's the messiest thing that any of us have ever dealt with. Um, and so how's it going? Um, okay. I mean, I, you know, I'm like everybody else. I mean, I can't wait to get kids back in school, but um i guess i'd say you know i told you i've had a 26 year career and you know from the first day of course people have always said you'll never be able to keep everyone happy and i'll just leave it at this i've done a pretty good job for 25 years of keeping people happy year 26 not going that well so is there a, a beer sponsorship that you've been under for year 26 <laughs> yeah i need to be yeah that's for sure yeah so Joe, how do you see the school district going in the next five to 10 years? The, the school district, you said? Yeah. Was, What's your vision for that? Yeah. Well, we actually have a strategic plan. That's a, it's a 10-year strategic plan. And so um, it focuses on things like the culture and how we work with the community. Um, well, but COVID just totally threw a wrench in all of that. And so I really see the next at least year in terms of triaging what went wrong with COVID, what, and you know, you can call it wrong or right. I mean, it just happened and you can blame it on people. You can find people to blame easily if you want, uh, but I don't think that makes sense. But, um, but well, it's totally I easy. Gotta, I blame you. God, Joe, come on. It's your I fault. Think we've got to figure out, um, you know, we're going to, we already have great systems in place to see where kids have fallen behind. We had that way before COVID, but we're really going to have to implement that and take a look. We're going to be putting, uh, a really uh, incredible summer school plan together that really expanding opportunities to help personalize and help individualize. And so even before COVID, you were, you know, we were all working towards personalizing and individualizing education more and more. So I think we'll definitely see it going that way. 
I think you might have heard me say lots of times, PUSD was rocking it before COVID. We'll be rocking it after COVID. We're gonna pick. We're gonna, we lost some ground, like like you know any anyone right now. Everybody's lost some ground. So we're gonna have to figure out how to make up that ground and move forward. Um, but you know, I just see more incredible things happening in terms of um, how we get tighter and tighter with how we teach in PUSD. And again, that has to do with how can we how can we look at individual needs where kids are at and take them as far as we possibly can. And again, it goes back to what I said earlier too. We continue to create all of these opportunities for kids to um, not just learn the academics, but to find find ways to um, find their passion and find find you know try things and fail at them and try things until they find what their passion is and move forward. So um, it's it's a and that's a really fun task. It's a really fun task is to put the future together for kids. So with the tenure, basically a lot of repair and going forward. Now, I guess my question is with the pandemic that has happened, what have you maybe seen as a success story of our distance learning that maybe we want to continue on in the next years uh, when everything is kind of back to normal, quote unquote. Uh, but are there any yeah. successes that we've done that you want to see us continue? Well, I mean, so so one success that, that people may not understand is how prepared we were for COVID, even though we didn't know that it was coming. And that's because, you know, we passed a bond and we put a ton of money into Chromebooks and technology. And our teachers were already training at some levels in Google Classroom. And so we were ahead of the curve. So while there was a ton for teachers to have to learn and students to have to learn, um, we were fairly well prepared for that. So that was the, that was a silver lining piece. And for sure, we're, we're going to find ways to use distance learning. It works for some kids. I know it doesn't work for the majority of kids, but I think we're going to be able to use that for certain situations where it's appropriate um, and, and really capitalize on what we've learned with distance learning and that type of thing. There, there is a time and a place for it. We know definitely that the best mode of teaching is in person. But as you guys have shown everyone you're doing right now, you can use technology in a, in a lot of ways. And we've, you know, teachers have learned more about technology during COVID than they ever have. And so there's that. There's also, I know it's been hard on kids to not have the guidance of teachers. But, you know, five years ago when uh, advanced ed came through and we were accredited district wide, which is quite an accomplishment. You know, one of the goals that they gave us was to put learning more in kids' hands and help them to create their goals and monitor their progress and that type of thing. We've got a long ways to go with that, but um, this whole distance learning thing has forced us to help kids to mon monitor their learning like never before. So hopefully we can take that and make it a real positive. Well, absolutely. And so hopefully everyone does notice that there are successes going on with this pandemic. It's easy to overlook the good things and always look at the problems that are going on in our lives. So it is wonderful to know that we do have plenty of successes. So Joe, um, we're going to take a little break and then we're going to start hitting you with a section we call Paper Jam, where we're going to get lots of questions coming your way. So stick with All us. Right. We'll be right back right after this. Hey, did you know Mile High Middle School has a news program? That's right. Our students are working with professional software to create and edit video and graphics for our daily broadcasts. We even have student-run podcasts just like this one. Go to youtube.com and find us at Mile High TSA. 
Click subscribe and get to know all the happenings at Mile High Middle School. Now back to the show. And we are back. And so now we are going to go into our new segment called Paper Jams. And this is where we theoretically are just talking, asking questions since we're waiting for the printer to get fixed. So here we go. Joe, first question for you. Do you have any Mile High ghost stories or encounters? Because everyone talks about Mile High being haunted. So did you ever encounter anything like that? I tried so hard to see ghosts in Mile High. I tried to scare kids during dances and get them in the halls and the whole thing. But um, okay, personally, I never saw it. I know some really amazing people that did see it. Um, when I was there, we had this sweet uh, custodian named Rosie Terry. You might remember him, even though you were um, He was like 90 then. And, um, <laughs> and he's the guy that told me, yeah, there is a Chinese bride that that roams the halls at night when he's the only person there. Now I would, I would walk down there all times of night, just hoping I would run into her or one of them. But I, I guess I gotta get myself a little more open to the spiritual world there. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, I I constantly hear, and especially with you saying that, it's always the janitorial crew that's mentioning the stories uh, about yeah. the ghost encounters. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the ghosts at Mile High they don't like crowds. Yeah. Well, I, every time I've been, uh, you know, closing up after a concert or whatever, I think about it and I'm like, well, this would be the time to see it and nothing happens. Yeah. Well, Hendrix up in those rafters can be kind of creepy up there. I thought, I think that would be a good spot. I would agree. Absolutely. It's definitely a little creepy. <laughs> now, Joe, when you were in the classroom, what was your favorite subject to teach? Terry, I was uh, a English teacher, and I loved I loved teaching writing. I did some science too, which was fun. And uh, uh -huh. one of my famous activities was the toe fungus, but we won't get into the detail of that one. Now that wasn't a, a biography of what you have or anything, right? You didn't like whip out your foot and go, "Here you go, kids. This is what we look like with the toe fungus." There, there may have been some uh, some bread between toes. <laughs> All right, Joe, so another question here. Do you have a bucket list? And what would you say is one of the top ones that you would like to do if you do have a bucket list? I do have a bucket list and uh, and it's pretty cool. I've checked some pretty cool things off of it. But uh, for example, one is to um, sail across the Sea of Cortez in my little 22 foot sailboat. Ooh, there you go. Now you want to get your ham radio license for that. Yes, sir. That will come in real handy. Yep. Well, if, if you could ask the staff here, the teachers, support staff, for anything special that they could do to help you out, what would it be? Uh, I don't know if I could ask Mile High staff to do any more than they're already. I, it would be keep on loving kids and being passionate about what you do. Um, I, uh, and this goes for the whole district. I mean, the, the work that our staff does, I don't, I don't know, Terry, if I could ask him to do more. I, I, it, it's probably the biggest success in my career is the people that I work with and the love and support that they give our students. So keep, keep doing it. Uh, keep doing it. Survive. <laughs> yep. 
So here's a question. Do you think PUSD will have a regular graduation this year for our seniors at PHS? Nobody knows, but since it's, I, I, yeah, I'm going with yes. I do. I do. I think, I think we're going to be back uh, right after spring break at the very latest. And that's going to allow things to open up. There may be masks and there may be some social distancing, but um, yeah. And, and you can't hold me to that. I know it's just an interview and we're guessing, but (laughs) if I get to guess, I'm going to say, heck yeah, we are. All right, guys. So everyone heard it here. Joe says there will be. It is in stone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's how that happens for sure. Joe, with all of the changes with distance learning and the things that we've been going through, do you see any move to a four-day school week or a uh, later starting time each day? That's a good question, and I think it goes back to Ryan's earlier question about what's the good that might come out of this. There's some ideas like that going around, and and some of the the parents that probably supported us the least uh, came to me and said, hey, what about a four-day week? So um, maybe, because the last few times I've asked, the parents and the school board have have said no way. So um, I think maybe it, it may give us an opportunity to explore that again. Yeah, there's been a lot of discussion over and over the years. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Well, yeah, I know uh, the kids certainly seem to enjoy the 8.30 start time at Mile High. <laughs> they've, they've expressed yeah, that. They They're like, oh, it's so much better. I was like, yeah, well, yes. yeah, don't get used to it. <laughs> well, we know there's a lot of research out there that especially middle school age kids, like they're not morning people. And so um, there are schools that do have later starts, keeping that in mind. All right, so we may have a change in our uh, schools coming up soon. Thank you, pandemic. All right. All right, all right Joe, here, here's one that uh, I thought was a good one that a teacher asked. So, as time goes on, do you feel the two-way street between schools and families is losing balance? If so, what ideas or plans or hopes do you hope for restoring a 50-50 accountability between schools and student homes? Um, do I feel that that's been hard during COVID? Yes. Prior to COVID, do I feel that that was going the wrong direction? Not at all. I mean, it's been part of our strategic plan and, and always we're working to figure out how to work with teachers and staff and how to, how to work closely with parents. Um, you know, I guess over the years, has that changed in how that, that, how parents and schools work together it's changed i don't think from the for the bad and especially in a community like prescott we have great parent involvement um yeah you know covid um there are some parents right now that would say that yeah we've not done a great job with that you know and i'm open to suggestions on how we could have done a better job of that i mean we you know we're communicating we're communicating probably too much right now people just not hearing what they want to hear and so that can be tricky but yeah, we're going to have to mend some of that, uh, but I think that everyone, you know, across the nation, COVID has put schools in a hard place. And so, do we have parents that are upset with us right now? Yes. Do we have parents that understand that we don't have control over COVID? Uh, yes. So, um, I- I'd say it's pretty balanced, and uh, I know we-, we always have work to do in that arena, but we'll have new work to do because of COVID. Absolutely. Whether that's fair or not. We've asked a few questions. What would you like to share that we haven't asked you? Man, you guys are so thorough. That's tough. That might be the toughest question of the day. 
Um, so maybe I'll, maybe I'll just reiterate how proud I am to be a part of the Prescott Unified School District. And Ryan joked at the beginning, like I'm the boss or whatever. And sometimes I'll walk into classrooms. The Godfather. The, Godfather. <laughs> the teachers will go, that's the boss. And, uh, and, I'll, and I'll laugh. For, and, and then you may have heard me say this. I'll say to the kids, you know who my boss is? And they go, who, who, who? And I go, you. I work for you. Absolutely. So I, I guess I'll just throw that in. I work for the kids and I work for the teachers and I work for the parents and not necessarily in any order. Uh, but uh, I work for you guys. And so that's how I've always tried to operate. Although, you know, I mean, there's one of me and, uh, you know, 450 staff and 4,000 students. We've got some incredible leaders that, that help us all communicate with each other. And I feel like, I feel like we know, what's going on at the school level with teachers and with kids because our we have a system set up where principals know their job like i just said is to work for you and to work for kids and so at my level when we're trying to when we're looking at the big picture of how this whole thing works what's most important is that we're getting realistic information about what's working and what's not and how and how that directly affects our students so that's just kind of a general, general overview of how I philosophize this stuff. Well, it's a great way to think about it, and it's always true. Yes, we are is. working for the kids. Our our focus is the kids. Our time yep. is for them. That's right. Well, Joe, I want to thank you so much for being on the Paper Jam with us and surviving these questions that we just threw at you. Um, we really Not appreciate you having the time to come here and work with us. So thank you again. Um, Terry, as always, thank you for being a wonderful member of our uh, teaching community. You've, you have plenty of stories to share. Um, and so this concludes Paper Jam episode three. Thank you guys. Have a great one. Thank you.